good day, ladies and gentlemen. Join the SSPX and you might go just a little bit, not all of you, maybe some of you, all the way to eternal hellfire. What am I talking about? Well, I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Uh, but in general, I'm going to go over some of the absurd claims I've heard about the SSPX and what it means to be associated uh, and why it is further proof of modernism. We're going to get into that in just a second, but I'd like to tell you about two things. The first is a fantastical pilgrimage to Italy happening this November with myself and Father Albert Calio. Not fantastical because I'm there. It's fantastical because, or fantastic, maybe that's the wrong descriptor, because Albert Calio, traditional Dominican, will be doing Mass for us every day. And because it's Italy, we're going to be going in the footsteps of St. Peter, St. Francis. Uh, so check that out real quick. All the trouble in Rome, it is easy to forget about one unshakable fact. Our church is the Roman Catholic Church, and Rome is the Eternal City. What a perfect time to go on a pilgrimage to the Eternal City and the other monumental sites of Catholic heritage in beautiful Italy. Join Father Albert Calio and me this November as we tour through the shrines of Italy and the Amalfi Coast as we attend daily Mass in the Old Rite in the footsteps of St. Peter and St. Francis. Click the link in the description to register for this once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage to discover the heart of the Catholic faith in the heart of the old Roman Empire. Go to www.kennedyhall.ca slash Italy or click the link in the description to this video. Last thing I want to mention before we get to this is the internationally known Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference. The Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference is taking place February 17th in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, Oops, with keynote speaker Father Michel Rion of the Society of St. Pius X. We got an email from someone who attends the Novus Ordo asking if they could go, if they don't go to Latin Mass. And I said, yes, because we're ecumenical. I'm just joking, ladies and gentlemen. We're all Catholic, but anyone can come except for women. And uh, tickets are 100 bucks Canadian. It's going to be the greatest men's conference of your life. Father Rion, Father Stannis, Tim Flanders, and myself all giving talks. Despite the fact that I'm talking, I promise it'll be good. Social begins the night before on the Friday. We've got a place booked for some food and some fun. And uh, the next day begins with mass and goes throughout the day with talks and food and cigars and fellowship and friendship and awesomeness. The only traditional Catholic men's conference in North America. Get your tickets in the link, to the, in the link in the description box to this podcast. Okay, what am I talking about? Join the SSPX and you go partially to hell. I'm going to pull up a post from my Substack. By the way, you can sign up for that if you go to meretradition.substack.com. Link for that in the description to the show notes. Pretty much everything that I talk about on this channel is going to be in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, or whatever. In any case, you can see here I've got this post up. It's called Join the SSPX and Partially Go to Hell. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I wanted to give you a little synopsis. So I begin this article talking about how I discovered tradition in 2017, 2018. At the time, I had no idea what the SSPX was. But I had discovered Catholic tradition for a number of reasons, and I was convinced that I wanted to be part of the traditional Catholic faith. So I looked up, where can I go to the, one of these Latin masses? And Google, for all its faults, does not partition mass centers or parishes or chapel by canonical status, by internet punditry. So when I looked up where to go to mass, I found that there was an SSPX chapel close to myself, and I said, what is the Society of St. Pius X? I had no idea. In fact, the only thing I'd ever heard of so-called Lefebvrevists 
had to do with, you can see here, this movie called The Jewish Cardinal. Um, I don't know if this movie is accurate, but it's about, it's a biopic about a priest, uh, Jean-Marie Lustiger, Lustiger uh, who became a priest, a, a bishop, and a cardinal in the Catholic Church. He was Jewish by birth and family and sort of converted. In any case, at one point in the film, what happens is, is um, he's in his parish. He's a super groovy, awesome, short-sleeved t-shirt wearing priest who's talking to people, new evangelization after the council. And these crazy maniacs and cassocks come in and they start screaming, Juif, Juif, Jew, Jew. And he says, oh, Lefebvrevists. That's all I ever heard about Lefebvrevists. But I didn't know what that was, so it didn't matter to me. It was a film I had watched as part of some film study. So I didn't even know what that was referring to, so I had no, I had no context for it. So I discovered the SSPX. When I discovered the SSPX, I saw, okay, well, there's some controversy on this. And I was, again, I'm a very black and white person. Unlike Tucci Fernandez, I don't believe there are 50 shades of gray. And I said to myself, okay, at this point, I'm just trying to go somewhere for mass. I got to escape the Novus Ordo for the million reasons why you got to escape the Novus Ordo. So if I can go here, I can go here. So I found various things. Many people have found these things, statements from the Ecclesia Day and so on and so forth. Very simple. Um, at that time, the news about the SSPX online was generally speaking a little bit more favorable. There wasn't this flooding onslaught of podcasting against them. And so I just found the information that said, yeah, I mean, here's where this relevant place in Rome or whatever had said you could go. And I said to myself, okay, I'm a Roman Catholic. I believe myself to be under the Holy Father and all these sorts of things. If the people who work for him say you can go and there's no statement to the contrary from any official place, I said, listen, if the Roman Catholic administrative structure is telling you that you can go to this place for mass, then to, to be honest, even though I didn't understand the SSPX all the way through, there were lots of things I had to figure out, but that was enough for me to say, okay, I'm concerned with the laws of the church. I want to follow them. I want tradition. I can't keep going to my parish. I knew there was a crisis in the church, and that's one of the reasons I was looking at Catholic tradition, you know, for the reasons we all find crisis, different reasons for everybody, but all the things. I realized something was wrong. I knew I had to escape. I was working in Catholic education and things were really bad, uh, which for me really cemented the crisis as I thought to myself, okay, I'm working in this Catholic school and in this Catholic school that's under the authority of the bishop, they're flying pride flags and whatever and I'm teaching Catholicism and I'm getting in trouble even though I'm using the John Paul II catechism as the basis for the curriculum as per the instructions of the bishops and I've got no support, the parish priests don't have my back Goodness knows if I ask the chancery office, they're going to tell me to go pound salt or probably just not reply. So I said to myself, well, the crisis is very real to me because these students are being led to hell by their teachers and I'm trying to do what I can in my religion classroom and I'm the one being disciplined. So I knew there was a crisis. I knew it was really, really bad. But still, I had lots to figure out. So I didn't understand Archbishop Lefebvre. I didn't understand the SSPX, the history. I knew none of that. I just thought, can I go to mass here? So what I realized about that as well is if the structures of the church are saying you can attend mass here and then they're sending you into schism with permission, to me, that was further validation that I could go there because I would think to myself, the crisis must be even worse if that's the case. This is the logical kind of framework I went through. So in any case, I say in this article here, um, I found the SSPX had an open mind. And as I say in the article, it was SSPX or bust. There was nothing else. There was no fraternity. 
there was a diocesan Latin mass, Latin mass about an hour away. Anyway, at a certain point, um, I realized that uh, there were going to be some problems with friends that we had. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, my wife and I, God has been very good to us as far as blessing us with children. Um, and children are beautiful, wonderful little crosses. Um, and they are needy and they have tantrums and they need to be fed and watered, etc. making it sound like cattle. Point is, we had three kids. Basically, we, we, we sort of got hip with our Catholic marriage and we started being open to life and all these kinds of things. And we had three kids within like 27 months. So uh, things were getting crazy. And my wife had three C-sections within that time. And she then was pregnant with our fourth child. I mean, we were going to have, we had four children under four years old. And this was around the time we started attending Latin Mass. And we don't live near our family. We, we live like an hour away or so from our parents. So we relied heavily on our Catholic community from our conservative Novus Ordo friendship circles. And I realized, even though we hadn't admitted, so to speak, we hadn't come out of the SSPX closet because we'd just been attending a little bit, I realized that basically these people believed that the SSPX was the abomination of desolation. You can do your interfaith prayer sessions at the cathedral with the bishop. You can do your, you know, reformation, reconciliation things with the Protestants in your parish. Some of the stuff I saw, my goodness, we've all seen it. That's okay. We don't like that, but it's, I mean, the bishop said it's okay. So who are we to make us think about it? We must be obedient. We must be obedient. We must obey heresy because as long as we're obedient, we can go to heaven as heretics. That's the mentality of the Novus Ordo. And I realized, wow, this SSPX thing is probably going to make us lose a bunch of friends. And at that time, we just quite, quite frankly, we weren't really prepared for that. Now I look back now and I wish we kind of took the plunge sooner, but it is what it is. So we drove about an hour to go to this diocesan Latin mass for about a year. It was great. And then we found out the priest there was a whack job about the SSPX. And we found out a bunch of the parishioners were whack jobs about the SSPX. And I was like, my goodness gracious, literally everybody's a modernist anyway. So we, uh, eventually at a certain point, I'm like, we're driving an hour in these crazy bad winters here in Ontario, you know, this near the snow belt in Ontario, especially where we used to live. Stratford was really crazy with the weather. You know, we're risking our lives. I would do that. I would risk my life to go to mass. But, you know, we, we, we get martyred and things like that. But it seems kind of silly to me to not drive 20 minutes in a safer drive and drive an hour because you're worried about social things. That's not really martyrdom, is it? That's kind of fear. So I, we kind of, my wife and I, we said, you know, people, they change careers. They move countries. They move counties. They do whatever they have to do to give their kids a better future. Maybe we might just have to make some new friends. So we did. I mean, you think about it, if you live in the States and you got like a charter school in the next diocese or the next county or something like that, and it's amazing, would you move? You might. It might be better than the school you have. People do that all the time. It's very noble. Point is you do things to help out your kids. And this was about our kids. So we took the plunge and we ended up losing most of our friends. Um, not, not all of them. Happily, some of them followed us, which we weren't. And we didn't do that to take them with us to the SSPX. We just tried to maintain certain friendships and people asked us about it and myself being a little bit of an obsessive compulsive about all the factoids about the SSPX I was able to give a good defense and then lo and behold you know they say I'd like to try this thing out and now we're all happy in uh in uh partial partial communion together which we're going to get to that partial communion thing so insert 2020 we have this um 
strange intervention with some of our old friends. They basically want to tell us uh, the SSPX are meanie poo-poo heads. Um, you shouldn't be going there because it's really bad because we don't like them because they're not in full communion and blah, 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 blah. This conversation was, as I say, I'll, maybe I'll read a little passage here because this is sort of how it went. Let me just find it here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I said, you can see here in blue, it was a real, a surreal conversation as our old friends, bless their hearts, knew virtually nothing about the SSPX, but boy, oh boy, did they tell us the nothing they knew as if it was gospel. Nothing I said made a difference because it was an indisputable fact in their minds that the SSPX was not in quote-unquote full communion. I tried to explain that although full communion sounds like a really smart word, it is really a modernist term at worst, and at best a fancy way to talk about reconciliation efforts with the Orthodox. I tried to explain that you are either in or out of the church, and sadly if you are, and said if you are in communion, sorry, and if you are in you are in communion, and if you are out, you are not in communion. That's what it means. Sadly, so many Catholics are complete modernists, even if they're good people, so such logical arguments based on an objective reality are lost on them. And then here's where the rubber meets the road. At a certain point in our conversation, I basically said, hold on, you realize, and I've had many of these conversations, I said, you realize you're saying we're going to be damned to hell for all eternity. They're kind of like, what? What are you talking about? That's not what we're saying. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm piecing these things back together. This isn't verbatim. But you should be saying that. Because if you're saying we're not in communion with the church, what does it mean if we're not in full communion? Are we in some? Does that mean that 70% of us goes to hell and 30% goes to heaven? Or vice versa? This is absurd. You're either in the church or you're not. To be in the church is to accept the governance of the pastors you don't have to agree with everything they say because that would be against human reason and and revelation. Uh, you just have to recognize them as legitimate pastors and, and accept them as legitimate authorities, which of course I do, and the SSPX does in spades. You have to accept the faith. Well, let's just ask ourselves a question. If one of the prongs is accepting the whole faith, how could we even say the Novus Ordo is in full communion? And the third is you have to attend the same sacraments, not with people, but you go to the sacraments of the church. You have to go to the same parish. You don't even have to like the people. You just have to go to the same, meaning you have to attend Catholic sacraments. Those are the three prongs. If those fit, you're in communion with the church. That is the traditional understanding. This, point, this conversation we had, we had with these people, it ended up being... Meaningless. There was no point to it because, because we were talking about different realities, different Catholicisms, and people don't realize that. And I have some quotes in the article that I want to show you um, that explain this. And it'll co compare and contrast the realities. By the way, go to the Substack link in my uh, the description box for this podcast and you can have more stuff like this. So this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with, hence why there's such a massive level of modernism. So let's compare and contrast the old understanding and the new understanding of what it means to have tradition and therefore how people would understand communion. In the old sense, Vatican I says the doctrine of the faith, of faith which God revealed, has been entrusted as a divine deposit to the spouse of Christ, to be faithfully guarded and infallibly interpreted. Hence, also that understanding of its sacred dogmas must be perpetually retained with Holy Mother Church has once, uh, 
which Holy Mother Church has once declared. And there must never be recession from that meaning under the specious name of a deeper understanding. That's the whole Vatican II spirit. <laughs> anyway, therefore, let the understanding, the knowledge, and wisdom of individuals as of all, um, of one man as of the whole church, grow and progress progress strongly with the passage of the ages and the centuries, but let it be solely in its own genus, namely the same dogma, with the same sense and the same understanding. That's quoting St. Vincent of Lorenz. Vatican II compared to Vatican I. The tradition that comes from the apostles makes progress in the church with the help of the Holy Spirit. There is a growth and in insight into the realities and words that are being passed on. This comes through the contemplation and study of believers who ponder these things in their hearts. It comes from the intimate senses of spiritual realities, which they experience. As the centuries succeed one another, the church constantly moves forward toward the fullness of divine truth until the words of God reach their complete fulfillment in her. So we don't have the full truth yet. The fullness of the truth is not contained in the church. That's the logic of that. That's wrong. And also the logic that uh, your experiences contribute to tradition. No, you experience tradition, but your experience says don't add to tradition. Completely different concepts. Old. Pope Pius IX, the Church of Christ, watchful guardian that she is, and defender of the dogmas deposited with her, never changes anything, never diminishes anything, never adds anything to them. Pretty simple. New, Father Ratzinger, back in 1969. He's talking about St. Vincent of Lorenz here. He no longer appears as an authentic representative of the Catholic idea of tradition, but outlines a canon of tradition based on a semi-Pelagian idea. So Father Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict, believed... Therefore, that this authoritative, solemn pronouncement from the First Vatican Council contained in it something that was adjacent to the heresy of Pelagianism because it cites St. Vincent of Lorenz. That's a pretty big deal. Old, Pope St. Pius X, tradition as understood by the modernists is a communication with others of an original experience, does it sound like Vatican II, through preaching by means of the intellectual formula. To this formula, in addition to its representative value, they attribute a species of suggestive efficacy, which acts firstly in the believer by stimulating the religious sense, and secondly in those who do not yet believe by awakening in them for the first time the religious sense and producing the experience. In this way, is religious experience spread abroad among the nations. So you experience it, then it's preached. Look to what I said that came from Vatican II. Pope Benedict XVI, it is clear that this commitment to expressing a specific truth in a new way demands new thinking on this truth and a new and vital relationship with it. Look up the word vital in Pascendi Dominici Gregis by Pope St. Pius X. You'll find this thing called vital imminence. Whenever you see vital, be skeptical. The Second Vatican Council, with its new definition, <laughs> new definition, but I was told they're defined no new dogmas. Okay. With its new definition of the relationship between the, fa between the faith of the church and certain essential elements of modern thought, has reviewed or even corrected certain historical decisions. So revisionist history, that's what that is. But in this apparent discontinuity, it has actually preserved and deepened our inmost nature and true identity. So what does this mean? The old understanding of tradition is fixed, while the new considers it as changing. In the traditional sense, tradition is objective, while for the new notion, it is subjective. Traditionally, man believes what he is told. The modernist tells what he believes. And here is the money line. This all leads to this misunderstanding of communion. This is from 2006 from Pope Benedict. The church's apostolic tradition consists in the transmission of the goods of salvation, which through the power of the spirit makes the Christian community the permanent actualization of the original communion. So tradition is about the communion, not about the faith. 
Tradition is the communion of the, <laughs> this is definition. Tradition is the communion of the faithful around their legitimate pastors down through history. No, it's not. Tradition is the deposit of faith. He goes on to say a communion that the Holy Spirit nurtures, assuring the connection between the experience of the apostolic faith lived in the original community of the disciples and the actual experience of Christ in his church. So for Pope Benedict, this is Pope Benedict. Didn't Cardinal Seurat call him a third doctor of the church for the third millennium or something? Pope Benedict is saying, tradition is you having the experience of the first apostles with the pastors. First, it's community. Second, it's an experience. Then, it's in a dogma. Complete reversal. Complete. So when you talk to people about communion, when you say somebody is not in full communion with the church, if you don't think they're going to lose their soul, then you're not Catholic. If you don't think they're going to lose your soul, then you don't believe Catholicism. You believe modernism. You know, I got an email from somebody saying that I undermine the traditional ecclesiology of the church. That's news to me. I just read the traditional ecclesiology of the church and compared it to the new. They're not the same thing. These aren't my opinions. I'm not very smart. Taylor Marshall likes to say he's a dad with a dad with webcam. Oh, you got a PhD, Taylor. I love you, buddy. But you're a little smarter than I am. I am a nobody staring into a webcam. Technically an iPhone. And I got a green sheet hanging beside me, behind me, and I got a couple lights. Makes it look like I got a fancy studio. The microphone I do have is nice. That's me and my, my audio nerd, audiobook, uh, you know, uh, professional thing. Nonetheless, I'm just some guy. And I read that and I say, you know, I think Catholicism is for stupid people like me. So I'm going to read it like a stupid person. And if it makes sense to a stupid person, good enough for me. You know, Christ says, we're the sheep, he's the shepherd. Sheep are stupid. And we're stupid people. So I think this stuff is meant for us. You ever notice how the, 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 the most idiotic people in the church are the people that have the highest intelligence? The theological apologetical class are insufferable for the most part because they're, they're so smart, they're stupid. Whereas those of us who consider ourselves humble members of the flock, we're so stupid, we kind of end up sounding smart. One of those paradoxes of Christianity. In any case, the traditional ecclesiology of the church, you're in or you're out. The new understanding of the church, there's a community, you're closer to it or you're not as close to it. And then eventually through your experiences, blah, 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 blah. So in the new church, you don't go to hell anyway. Hence why Pope Francis doesn't think it's a big deal. So why do you care, anti-SSPX malcontents, if they're not in full communion? Because you necessarily must adopt some sort of universalism. Or are the only people in hell those who go to the SSPX? So join the SSPX, and you might just partially lose your soul, but not all the way. So some of you will be in eternity forever, and some of you will be in eternal hellfire. But don't worry, because if most of you is in heaven, you'll probably be pretty happy. Also, don't worry, because if the modernists are right, then nobody goes to hell anyway. So who cares where you go to mass? And if you are a modernist, which most people are, why do you care if people go to the SSPX? It's just another way 
that they experience, the community around the pastors of the church, where they recognize the faith experiences of the first apostles, and they learn to progress in those in their modern communities. Man, oh man, I could be a ghostwriter for Vatican II. All right, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference. Check out the Substack. You can support me there as a paid subscriber. There's goodies for you. Thank you to the YouTube members. You can sign up as a YouTube member. Check out the Italy trip if you'd like to go and spend some time in the uh, motherland of my mother's family and um, and uh, give that a shot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless you all. And I hope to see most of you, meaning most of you as far as like the majority of you as a person in heaven, because I know only some of you is going to go there. Until next time. <laughs>